Welcome to Run 12-1 Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Gowen. Hey guys, this is Pastor Justin again with Run 12-1 Podcast. Um, this is going to be geared to our first kind of uh, episode or first season, I guess, of uh, entitled Knowing Our Enemy. Um, I don't know how many of them where it's going to come down the pipeline, how many episodes are going to be, but but we need to be aware of this. Did you know, I hope so, but did you know that we have an enemy as Christians? We have an enemy that is out to destroy us. Our enemy's name is Satan, the adversary. The Bible tells us and uh, through through Peter, he he roams, he he walks about seeking whom he may devour, like a roaring lion walks, creeps around, seeking whom he may devour. He's a liar. There's many different names and analogies the Bible attaches to who this individual is. He was an angel created by God, eternity past, revolted against God, was prideful, wanted to be like, if not better than God, was cast down with a third of the angel host with him. And this is who we are in war against every single day. Um, and so like any arena of life, a- any arena of life, if you are anywhere from war to even sports to even in the business world, um, that you have to know what you're facing. This podcast is not only just geared biblically, but also in the world of health and fitness and running and or jogging. And you, for instance, running a half marathon, if you signed up for one, you have to know the course. Is there hills? Are there downhills? Did you sign up for a five or a 10 or all these things? Because of what the scenario is, you need to know it so you can better be prepared. In a sports arena, we have different teams that know they do quarterbacks, one of the greatest quarterbacks uh, of all time. Depending on what team you like, it doesn't really matter. Peyton Manning was one of the greatest. He was a man of studying film so he could better know the defense. And on the opposite, one of my favorite, Ray Lewis would do the same. He would study quarterbacks, movements, and eyes so he would better be able to be ready for his opponent. Well, we have an opponent. His name is Satan. And throughout the pages of God's word, we see him multiple times ruining, destroying men and women and families and, and genealogies and Man, even nations of people, we better know our enemy. We didn't know who he is. And so kind of to kick this off, um, I'm going to start in the, the second epistle of Peter, and specifically in chapter number two, in verse 19. And then other episodes, we'll kind of go around. But every time, I want to make sure that we properly exegete the text, Second Peter, as sequel of first Peter, I'm assuming that by the name second Peter. And in this time he's really writing with, with, with Gnosticism in view, uh, meaning that people no longer believed in part of this, that you once you're saved, the moral law can just be thrown out the window and you don't have to follow anything. And Peter's combating that. And then he also, um, in the second epistle, he's also reproving these believers of their skepticism for Christ's return. He really gets to that in chapter number three. But in chapter number two, it's, it's, it's really a warning. All of chapter number two is a warning about false teachers, people 
people, real live people, not the demonic world that most of the time we don't see, but that demonic world getting people, real life people involved in Satan's strategy, getting false teachers to teach against what God has in his word. And so that's what we can learn about all in chapter number two. He's he's explaining who these are, what they're doing, the false teachers, verse one, but there were false teachers also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privilege shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. He concludes this close to the end of this chapter in verses 18 and 19, he says, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through their lust of the flesh, through much wantonness or filth or defiancy, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. Then he says this, While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome. Of the same, he says, of the same is he brought into bondage. Let's just know something about this. Again, these are false teachers that Satan uses to infiltrate your life, my life, the arenas of your life, and the world, even into our churches, even into our neighborhoods. And he says, while they promise, they, while they, this is the false teachers, promise them liberty. The first section says, they themselves are the servants of corruption. Have you ever thought about that? Somebody who's promising you something. For instance, I've heard people promise, you know, man, I'll give you, you know, man, I'll give you a, you know, a million dollars if you do this. Well, hold time out. I got to think, do you even have a million dollars? Why you promise me if you don't even have it? Or life, liberty, and happiness, and all the, do you even have? What, what is actually the background of that person? Or what do they actually possess, right? And so here in, in, in the world of the demonic world, pairing themselves with real life human beings to go about to, to thwart the process of the gospel and to warp these churches from stopping to be active in their communities in this day and age that they're writing and that Peter was writing in, they said, they're going to promise you, Satan's going to get these people to promise you liberty, freedoms, to do all these things, but they themselves, get this, are servants of corruption. How can they promise you liberty when they're, when they're under bondage of corruption? You have to beware of that. And then he moves on and says, for of whom a man is overcome. This is important. Of the same as he brought in bondage. What are you overcome by? But it's interesting that he just didn't say what, of what overman. He says of whom. Of whom a man is overcome. Who owns you? Seriously. I say this all the time to people, sometimes when I preach, but sometimes just in regular life. I can say all day long that I'm the president of the United States of America. I can say it and say it and say it. But reality is, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. You can say reality that a stop sign means go all day long. But reality is one day you're going to be T-boned if you live in that reality. That stop signs don't mean stop. They mean go. One day reality is going to smack you in the form of a T-bone. It's the same thing here. Who, who, let me, what is reality for you? Who are you truly overcome by? Your leader, your follower? You overcome, First John writes, not to love this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. You can get caught up in being overcome by the world. Even people in the world, maybe even certain news stations or whatever the case, but who are you? What are you 
overcome by? Who are you overcome by? And get what he says. Of the same is he brought in bondage. You know what Satan really wants? Promise you life, liberty, fame, fortune. He don't have it. He has hell, which is not life, liberty, fame, fortune. He wants to put you in bondage. He wants to overcome you. Now, as Christians, I truly believe we cannot, we'll never lose our salvation. That's why it's called eternal life in the Bible over and over again. For those who have ever, you'll never hear of somebody in Scripture who has truly placed their faith in Jesus ever have anything other than eternal life. Jesus talking about it, the New Testament uh, authors never mention somebody who has been truly saved to have a five-year life, 10-year life, 15-year salvation life. It's always life eternal, eternal life. You read that in Scripture. He knows he can't take that away from you, but he can put, he can sure put you and I in bondage. He can put us in bondage spiritually, emotionally, physically sometimes. You can do, you know, you can be overcome by certain things in your life that can hurt you physically, that will put you in bondage to health issues. That is what he truly wants. And we have to know this about our adversary, about our enemy. We cannot be disengaged to what his tactics are. So just right up front with this short podcast this time, I want us to just leap in the mind. I would, I would urge you, brother, urge you, sister, to put 2 Peter 2.19 to memory. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is brought, or for, for, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought in bondage. You are of that is Satan's ultimate goal is to offer you everything to to get you looking over here. While his swooping game plan of bondage attaches to you. And almost basically renders you. Useless in the kingdom of God for God's purpose of spreading the gospel to the world. That's what he wants. Like, if, if we could get the big picture, let's kind of jump out, 30,000 foot view. That's what he wants. He wants to get you looking over here with all this good stuff that he don't even have to then come and put you into bondage so that he could stop you from being active with the gospel of sharing it to the world. That is what our enemy's game is. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to unfold some more of his tactics, a couple different areas that he likes to use and to woo you with. And that way you can have a little, a lot, not just a little, a better edge on your, our, our enemy's tactics. And so hopefully through this, you won't fall, that you'll listen, that you'll take this and understand it and then apply it and be ready for when the enemy comes, not if, but when he comes knocking on your arena of life. You will know his tactics and you'll run to the word of God and be able to defeat him. I thank you for taking this time today with Run 12-1 podcast. God bless. Have a great day.